Hello, hello. Hi. Okay, uh, little housekeeping. One, due to a scheduling conflict, Dan Riker will unfortunately not be able to be here today. However, we have a fantastic panel, and I'm so fantastically excited that we sold out the Wii U's funeral today. So, you know what? Give yourselves a round of applause. Did you know that? You know why I did that? So let me just ask you, by a round of applause, how many people in here own a Wii U? And how many people here like your Wii U? And just one, one more little question, how many people sold your Wii U? This is a panel for everyone. So if you guys would please bow your heads for a second. Uh, we're going to get serious for a second. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to honor the memory of the Wii U, who lived from November 18th, 2012 to March 3rd, 2017. I'm Father Alex Kalafi, leading the processions today. Joined by a panel of experts from Nintendo World Report, that is one Reverend Donald Terrio. I come not to bury the Wii U, but let's get the shot with Rabbi Zachariah Miller. I just found out I'm Jewish. <laughs> and the good minister himself, Neil Ronahan, director of Nintendo not, World Report. Not the bad one, or the neutral one, the good one. We also do a podcast together called Nintendo News Report that you can find on iTunes or on YouTube at Nintendo World Report TV. And in lieu of flowers, if you like the panel, we do have a Patreon at patreon.com slash nwr. So today we are talking about the birth, life, and death of the Wii U, uh, a system that made many of us in here happy, as I am pleased to say, but failed to necessarily reach a larger consumer audience. We're going to be talking about the Wii U's life in a broader sense, so we're going to be talking about as many games as we possibly can today, but we will not be able to talk about all of them. If there are any games that you want us to talk about that we were not able to talk about, come up to us after, we will talk to you about Wonderful 101 as much as you want. <laughs> All right, now please enjoy this fantastic video from the very talented John Reardon. There is one more, there is one more order of business left for us today. To make a proper introduction to a new gaming companion. So today, welcome to the world of Wii U. It's a system we will all enjoy together, but also one that's tailor-made for you.
so sad. I see what happened. Hold on, hold on. Let's go back into presentation mode. Originally, we didn't have a PowerPoint, so we're, we're grateful for half a screen. All right, so. Ooh, that's not it either. <laughs> there we go. In 2008, the system was first conceived, if you know what I mean. Uh, once upon a time, when a bunch of Nintendo developers love each other very much and decide that they want to have a baby, they, uh, they went ahead in 2008 and they decided there were a certain number of limitations with the Nintendo Wii. One being that it's not in HD, uh, and two, that it marketed itself to a casual audience, which prevented it from uh, necessarily reaching the exact same audience as the PlayStation 3 and the Xbox 360. Yeah, that sounds about right. And that happened, uh, and they thought bringing HD and a more robust online service would be the way they would do that. The concept of a touchscreen was introduced when uh, Miyamoto thought that the Dreamcast VMU was a great way to do video games. As it was! As it was. It was As pretty cool. And he thought that showing the player status would be a fantastic way to, uh, to bring video games to the next level while giving people a more traditional controller so it would hopefully reach the same audience as the PlayStation 3, Xbox 360. Hence why at launch you saw all those games like Batman Arkham City, and uh, you saw Mass Effect 3, and you oh, saw... really important games from 2011 that launched as well. <laughs> and uh, in 2010, there were those Wii HD rumors you guys may have heard a little bit about, but those ended up being unfounded. It's just worth noting that that happened before the system was first... between when the system was first conceived and when the Project Cafe rumors began in April of 2011. 
And in April 2011, uh, there were unverified reports, much of the same stuff you were seeing with the NX this last year, where people were saying there's this Project Cafe, it's Nintendo's next system, it's going to be in HD, it's going to have a touchscreen. And then on April 25th, just a few days later, a Wii successor was confirmed by Nintendo, where it would be playable at E3 2011. And on April or June 7th, 2011, the Wii U was formally announced, which brings us to E3 2011. Now, did any of you guys see that press conference where they showed that initial three-minute trailer of the the Wii U and what it was all about? You were at, both of you were at that E3. No, I don't think, Zach, I don't think you were there? I don't know. I know, I was was at that press conference live, and uh, it left a lot to be desired. No one was really sure exactly what the system was at the end of it. Uh, because they, they presented it where they focused so much on the controller that you didn't even really know if, like, like was it an add-on for, for the Wii? Oh, I wasn't the Because they, they, they kind of hid the fact that there was a box, and I think part of that was done because it was, uh, quote-unquote, not important. The important part of that was the controller, and that's why they showed it so much, but it really it just muddled the messaging from day one. Right. And even Bill Trinan himself admitted that because so much of the early marketing focused on the gamepad, which you're going to see in this video, uh, that may have confused consumers. Yeah, because a lot of the wording here is, is new controller, not new system. It was, it was designed so heavily to be a follow-up to the Wii, despite the fact that at this point in 2011, the Wii was, was no longer the pad that it was. I don't think the three, like, because I think overall lifetime, I think the 360 might have... I mean, they're damn close to the Wii's lifetime sales. It's just the Wii did it over like a three, four year period. By 2011, it was not the fat it was. Right. For reference, the Wii was at about 100 million. The 360 and PlayStation 3 were both at about 89 and 87 million, respectively, by the end of their life. Oh, wow. Yeah. And uh, if you'll notice in this video, there's going to be a lot of stuff focusing on play with the new controller, get new views with the new controller. Uh, as they play all these games from Wii Sports and Game and Wario. I mean, they had, a, they had a white Wii U there that looked kind of like a Wii at one yeah. glance. Yeah, as Donald, you were pointing out that they were showing Othello on this, but an Othello game never came out on the Wii U. It ended up coming out on the Switch basically at launch. Yeah, yeah. They, uh, they had, there had been an Othello game on the Wii U. That never came out, that gun attachment, it never came out. Now, it's interesting to hear what people are clapping for in this video because you, ever, you guys ever watch the E3 videos just to see how people react to stuff? You're going to see the YouTube video in a second. Oh, that's right. You can hear the applause very vaguely in the background. People were very excited at that E3 about the fact that you could take a YouTube video from somewhere other than a TV and put it on the TV. I think it was more they were really excited about her saying the Mario Brothers 
and people were clapping for this Zelda game, that which never came out. Never came out. It was just an HD demo. And Breath of the Wild, which some may say is one of the finest video games in a very long time, unfortunately did not take advantage of the Wii U gamepad in the way uh, this this uh, video purported that it would. The HD remake, so oh boy, is this is going to happen again, and then this is going to happen again, and then we're back. Okay, so after E3 2011, there was that pre-E3 Direct, which was the one that showed non-specific action figure, uh, which is ended up being a kind of mascot for the early Wii U going days. Which it kind of makes sense, I guess. Yeah. Like, just this weird thing. A thing that never came out. Yeah, a thing that never really came out or never really amounted to much, just would show up a lot. Right. It really hype. And it also showed off Warwara Plaza and Miiverse. Uh, Miiverse is, of course, I would call one of the most brilliant ideas from the Wii U. It is, it's, someone's clapping for Miiverse. Who likes Miiverse? Yeah, yeah. You know what? It's, also, it's, also, this is a funeral for Miiverse, too. <laughs> That's right. I guess it's still in the 3DS, but... Yeah, but Miiverse was an excellent concept. It was basically a social message board that was at system level that would allow you to get uh, into multiple communities based on various video games. And it would come out with stuff where you would have these 8 to 10 year olds who are playing video games for maybe the first time, and they're also getting on a social message board for the first time. And you get to see them mingle with the people here who are 20, 30, maybe even a couple people here who are 40, and that created some real magic. <laughs> uh, if you guys are on Twitter, I recommend you follow uh, Bad Meverse posts <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah. to see some really special stuff. Uh, after that was E3 2012. The one game that I want to call out that happened in E3 2012 that you guys should pay attention to is, do you guys remember that press conference when at the very end they showed Nintendo Land and they showed it for 15 minutes as if it was this big blowout? That's and the one I was at. Yeah. So that's, that's where I determined I'm never playing Nintendo Land. I mean, that's, that's, <laughs> to this day, I have not played Nintendo Land. I mean, that's a, that's a bad decision. Nintendo Land is real cool. Mm, yeah. But that, that press conference was so bad. Nintendo hasn't had one since E3. <laughs> like, that's how, how much they missed the mark. Like, it was, I, uh, I watched some interviews with Reggie, um, the Nintendo of America president, for people who don't know. Uh, interviews with him after that E3 2011 press conference, and it's like the gymnastics that he has to jump through to just be like, oh, we're getting last year's Batman, but like it's got this cool new feature. Like, this is a new game. And a lot of people rightfully saying that like a lot of these are just it's ports of old games to the point where when the system came out, you had Mass Effect 3 come out, right. and also on the, the pr previous gen systems, you had Mass Effect Trilogy come out for the same price. But Neil, it's not the same game, it's not the same content. <laughs> that's Skyrim. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess maybe maybe it's just gonna happen forever because Skyrim's kind of the same thing. What Reggie was saying in interviews close to the Wii U's launch, he was like, "We have a Mario game on day one. Why are people complaining, oh, yeah. thinking that Mar New Super Mario Bros. U, as good of a game as it may have been, was the exact same thing as a, as a 3D Super Mario game, which is absolutely not the case." And I'd like to think that Nintendo learned their lesson with Super Mario Odyssey, uh, featuring New Donk City, is coming out later this year. There we go. Wii U preview presentation happened in September, which is where we saw the product configuration. It is where we saw TV, which TV is just, how would you put it, a way to compile like your it was, streaming it sources? It's weird because I remember uh, that, that Wii U preview presentation where I think, uh, Jared, you were, you were there. 
got delayed until it got canceled. Yeah. The, the Dr. Kawashima's devilish brain training in Wii U features. So, interesting factoid Donald just touched on. Uh, devilish brain training, aka brain age concentration, has been, has had a TBA release date in Nintendo of Europe for the last, what, three years now? At with no release? It's, it's been doing that since as long as I've been on yeah, but that's, that's beside the point. The other thing that happened was Bayonetta 2 got announced, which created one of the biggest firestorms I had seen in video games in years of these people who, some of them bought Bayonetta, but they're mad now because not enough people bought Bayonetta, and now Nintendo's making it so a Bayonetta 2 can exist. It's, you guys remember how Bayonetta 2 went down. It, it was a nasty, nasty thing. Uh, the game was amazing, but the fighting that happened online was a real, real nasty thing. And somewhere in between that and the next thing we're going to talk about, it's not confirmed, but it's heavily rumored that at that point, we already have third parties bailing on Wii U mm -hmm. in that EA apparently sent back most of their dev kits that won't be used on the first two. Right. Which is kind of, kind of jutting back to uh, that E3 2011 press conference briefly. That was when EA's uh, John Riccatello, the president at the time, went out and said that, like, talked about this unprecedented partnership with Nintendo that if, if people remember all those great EA games that came out on the Wii U, uh, the last one of which came out in March 2013, uh, that never really happened. And I, I think part of that might be that, uh, I remember hearing some murmurs of that uh, EA wanted to do EA access on Wii U and Nintendo was like, nah, and then EA was like, all right, we're, we're gonna take our ball and go home. And yeah. so before the Wii U even launched, there were seemingly very founded rumors that EA had sent back most of their dev kits before the system even came out. I don't even think it was most of them. I think by the time launch had died down, it was basically all of them. They, they finished Need for Speed Most Wanted You. That's and, true. And yeah. after that was done, then they all went Then, then it was, that was all done. Uh, Miiverse on the left, and then TV on the right. Uh, and now this is the life of the Wii U, 11, 18, 2012 to March 3rd. So for launch, it's you can see the stuff here. The big differences were 32 gigabytes in Nintendo Land in the 349 bundle. And then also the digital deluxe promotion was uh, on the deluxe bundle, which gave you $5 back for every $50 you bought on the uh, Wii U eShop, which was a really cool thing that they never carried forward. And instead of that, instead of Club Nintendo, uh, we got uh, my, Nintendo. my Nintendo, which is, which is a very sore spot for the people I'm, here. I'm curious, uh, I guess if I show applause, who bought the Wii U at la on launch day? Or <laughs> how many people bought the Wii U after 2012? How many people bought a Wii U in the last year? Oh, nice. All right. I think we have every single person who bought a Wii U in the last year. 
I've always wondered why they even sold the basic set. <laughs> Launch game. Because they hit the $300 mark. Like, those, uh, a lot of the, whenever you see two SKUs of a system, it's usually because they're like, we want to say that we're at $299.99, even though, like, the real version is 400 bucks. Yeah. yeah. For retail launch games, some uh, some call-outs. Call of Duty Black Ops 2 was actually an excellent version of a really good game, believe it or not. Funky Barn is something every Wii U owner should experience. Darksiders 2 is damn good. Darksider 2 is damn good, very Zelda-inspired. Uh, and then New Super Mario Bros. U and Zombie U. Zombie U, a game that was really only very good on Wii U. And when it came, when it got ported, the, the ported version was, was nothing. To sneeze about global shipments by 1231 of that year was 3.06 million. Uh, 2013, every commercial failure starts somewhere. <laughs> 123, January 23rd, brings us the emergency Nintendo Direct, which was the Nintendo Direct where they announced what the Zelda game was going to be like without showing any footage of the Zelda game, where they promised they would show the first screens of Smash Bros. at E3 but didn't have any details of Smash Bros., where they announced the Virtual Console, which launched with a 30-cent version of Balloon Fight. It's, it's, you guys remember that because it was the, uh, the Famicom's 30th birthday. And then what else was there? That Shin Megami Tensei Crossfire emblem, which featured none of the characters that ended up in the final game. Uh, Dark Yoshi oh. was also revealed. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. true. And it was a whole bunch of games that, like, they kind of just laid out the entire life, life cycle of the Wii U in that direct. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah, that was when X was shown off for the first time, and and really like that that came because I think that they, they had a respectable launch, like the the three three point oh six I think was the, the number that you had on the previous slide, uh, but in January just, it fell like a rock, and if you look at those sales for that that first quarter of two thousand thirteen, it's like in the thousands, yeah. like it's it was it was depressing. Right, one thing we should note here, global shipments as of 1231, which are not sales, but by the end of 2013, 5.85 million. The PlayStation 4, for reference, it, took, it came out in November. The following August, it had sold its first 10 million. Xbox One uh, came out in November, also a week after the PlayStation 4, and then by the following November, it also sold 10 million. Does anyone know how long it took for the Wii U to hit 10 million copies sold. Four years? Well, it almost. The better part of three and a half? It's closer to three, two and a half. Uh, but yeah, 2015, it ultimately sold or shipped its 10 millionth Wii U. Uh, then we have Virtual Console, we have E3 2013, which was the E3 I got to go to. That had 3D World, that had Smash footage, which was where they had the Mega Man trailer. And yeah, they, yeah. That's a good trailer. Unfortunately, that E3 was also a technical disaster because they had to figure out, figure out how to do the, the 200,000 flash. Right. There is no one like Mr. Sakurai who can make a trailer that'll give you shivers. Um, outside of the Zelda trailer. So global shipments as a 1231, 5.85 million. Some notable games to talk about. Pikmin 3 has the best looking fruit in any video game I've ever played. Oh, it's, it's incredible. <laughs> it's supposed to... No, no, the, yeah, yeah. is someone the friend or? Uh, someone the friend? Oh, no, the, those avocados. That like was Chibi Robo Ziplash. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. Ziplash <laughs> with all the snacks. So that's pretzels. It was a good game. But anyway, we're talking about the video. Pikmin 3, very good game. 
Rayman Legends, another very good game. One of the big things that happened with the Wii U is that it was going to come out around launch, then it was going to come out around spring, and then it got delayed till September, so there would also be PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360 versions, which was an extra sort of kick in the pants because the 360 and PlayStation 3 were already on their way out, but they just had to give you that little twist twist of a knife and, and release. And isn't it now coming out on Switch, too? Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, if you missed Rayman Legends on Wii U, don't worry, it's coming out on Switch later this year. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll be getting to that game soon. Uh, Wonderful 101 came out on September 15th. Who here thinks it's... Does anyone here think it's one of the best games ever made? Because here's the thing I noticed about Wonderful 101. People who played it, it was either not their thing, they did not enjoy it, or it's one of the best games ever made. And that's the beautiful thing about Platinum, is that almost any Platinum game short of that Legend of Korra game, you, you will find one person who thinks it's the best game ever made. Nier Automata is probably going to repeat the exact didn't, same thing. Didn't Wonderful 101 completely tank sales-wise? I mean, a lot of things on Wii U did. Well, sure. It, 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 came out, <laughs> it came out two days before Grand Theft Auto V. Oh, that's, that's a mistake. <laughs> and it did eventually crawl to 101,000 sales in the uh, <laughs> uh, Wind Waker HD was an excellent version Woo! of a very yeah. good game. The first game in history to ever make me seasick. <laughs> We Party You, Sonic Lost World, which was a surprisingly good Sonic game. We Fit You, which they gave away for free if you bought that $20 uh, little dongle thing. I found that the other day. I forgot that happened. Yeah. You also had to have a balance board already. You also yeah. already had to have a but there was, balance board. I mean, but the, the, most people probably did if they had a Wii. And Wii Sports Club as well was this weird fascination that Nintendo had in 2013 of just like, alright, the Wii U, uh, what's the plan for it? I don't know, do what we did on the Wii. And... <laughs> Like, the Wii Sports Club kind of came and went. Wii Fit U kind of came and went. None of these games made an indent because, once again, like, I mean, when they first announced the Wii U, the Wii was done by then. And by 2013, even more so, like, people had moved on. Like, this was this was a mobile gaming world, and Nintendo hadn't really figured, out, figured it out yet. Yeah, I love the Wii U. I think it is a beautiful gaming system in a lot of ways that is also flawed. But one thing that I can criticize about the Wii U is that it didn't necessarily have a lot of those original franchises until really late in the cycle. Splatoon, amazing, yeah. amazing game, but games like Splatoon that had that level of freshness and were that new did not necessarily come out for a few years, which I think probably hurt it in the early yeah. goings quite a bit. Honestly, I bought my Wii U in 2013. I bought it right before E3 because I believe years they would have been faster. And the only reason that I ended up keeping it until stuff like Mario 3D World came out, or one or two, and first found on virtual console. Yeah. Super Mario 3D World. One more time by a show of applause. How many people think Super Mario 3D World is an improvement over 3D Land? <laughs> now, how many people think 3D Land is a better game than 3D World? Another debate that I noticed in the goings of the Wii U. Neil, I believe we are both kind of in the camp. 3D Land, 3D Land no, was a beautiful, simple game. 3D World was a great game, uh, but if you were like me and weren't necessarily playing it multiplayer, there were a lot of big, empty levels that the, the tightness of 3D Land I happen to prefer. 
That brings us to 2014. In January, Nintendo cut the Wii U sales forecast for fiscal year 2014, which was March 2013 to March 2014, from 9 million to 2.8 million. But it's not all bad, because on February 26th, the Wii U outsold Xbox One in Japan. <laughs> yeah, give it up for Wii U! And, and 2014 was really that year, I mean, as, as Mario Kart's depicted there, was, once again, going back to that whole Nintendo trying to do what worked on the, the Wii, on the Wii U, they're like, I don't know, Mario Kart sold a buttload on the Wii, let's just let's throw it out there. Yeah. And it's... I mean, it's kind of weird. You can you can go check out Mario Kart 8 Deluxe on the at the Nintendo booth on the show floor, uh, <laughs> and they're kind of doing the same thing on Switch. Where they're like, I don't know, Mario Kart 8 had like a, a two and three attach ratio on the on the, the Wii U. Let's get it. It's on crazy. Right we, we should have put the pie chart up for this one. <laughs> Mario, yeah, Mario Kart should have come out much sooner. Thirteen million Wii U shipped. Nine million copies of Mario Kart 8 sold over the Wii U's life. It is nuts. And it's that and Splatoon and Smash Bros. absurdly high attach rates for the system. Which is, the Wii U is like the Vita in that way, where not a ton of people bought the Wii U, but the people who bought a Wii U bought a lot of games for the Wii U. On March 26th, the Game Boy Advance uh, was added to Virtual Console, and then on April 10th was E3 2014, which... June 10th. Uh, June 10th. <laughs> brought us uh, The Legend of Zelda, the first trailer, which was the one where it looked all futuristic and no one was sure if Link was a boy or not. And uh, is, is that, that where they gave the 2015 release date, or was that uh, Game Awards right there? Um, I don't think they gave any kind of release date for it. They just showed it. Yeah. They may have just said like, more details coming later, but... If you go back and watch that trailer, which I actually did after playing Breath of the Wild, it's surprisingly close to kind of what they wound up with. It's just that we didn't know what to make of it when we first saw it, so it was weird. Very few trailers captured the essence of what a game ended up being more than that first Zelda trailer. Yeah. Yeah. Like, they, they clearly knew what they were doing with that Zelda game, as evidenced by the fact that it's now, like, one of the highest reviewed games of all time. Two years into the Wii U's life, they finally have an E3 where they have a bunch of games that focus on the gamepad, including Project Robot and Project Guard, uh, Star oh, yeah, Fox. Out, right? Project Guard did come out as Star Fox oh, Guard, but Project Giant Robot ended up getting canceled very recently. I think this year, or at least very late last yeah. year. During the last financials, they officially confirmed that after Breath of the Wild was done with all the production, as far as first persons, and that included and it was also the E3 that brought us Amiibo. Aww. The, uh, the crazy craze that ended up being a micro version of the Wii only in 2014 into 2015. And uh, I brought my Tom Nook Amiibo. That's, uh, that's a cute Amiibo. It's a very cute Amiibo that I think you can get on Amazon for like $3.21. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. if you go to, to some of the places out there on the show floor, it can get pretty nutso. But the Amiibo, tap it to the gamepad, you guys know this, it does stuff in the game. In Smash Bros, you can get the cool AI. In Zelda, you can get a bunch of meat if you have the Ocarina of Time link. And then you can uh, do, do all kinds of stuff, can't you? Yeah. yeah. And, and then they ended up... Use the, use the Smash Brothers link. The Smash Brothers. Yeah. Ooh. 
Let's go on to notable games. Donkey Kong Country, wait, Tropical. Wait, wait, hold on, what was the Breath of the Wild? Oh, okay, or the Breath of the Wild one on the horse. I actually don't have that one yet, so, so thank you. The Breath of the Wild ones look really nice, and I think that's why they're a little more expensive. Uh, Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze! That was a fine video game. Donkey Kong Country Returns, I would call also an incredible video. You, you didn't like Donkey Kong Country nope. Returns. Did you like Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze? I didn't play it because I really didn't like Donkey Kong Country Returns. Half the levels are race levels. That, that's a pro, not a con. Yeah. <laughs> Mario Kart 8 came out in May. They had that promotion where you would get a free video game yeah. if, uh, if you bought it very early. I did not buy it in time. Mario Kart 8, very different game when the time it uh, initially came out and then after the DLC. After the DLC, I'd call Mario Kart 8 one of the best Mario Kart games, if not the best Mario Kart game. I was a little lukewarm on Mario Kart 8 when it first came out. Uh, Neil was too, because on NintendoWorldReport.com. Why are you doing this? <laughs> he gave it a certain score that was not a 10 out of 10 and it made some people very upset. Yeah, it was a bad, bad scene. It was somewhere between the two. It was, it, the score that he gave Mario Kart 8 is my unofficial score for this is going to be a very divisive game. Yeah. Well, there's another game with half the levels of race level, too, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but you don't, if you die, you don't restart the whole thing. Yeah. You just lose three points. Yeah. <laughs> I need some respect. Shovel Knight came out on June 26th, which yes. I think is one of the best platformers in years. If you haven't played Shovel Knight, you better play Shovel Knight, because they did old-school platforming better than many old-school platformers. Mm -hmm. Hyrule Warriors, good game. Bayonetta 2, someone out there thinks it's one of the best games ever. It's a great game. There we go. There we go. Bayonetta 2. You can get it for 30 bucks, but you, you could have originally gotten it with a copy of Bayonetta, where you could dress Bayonetta up like Samus and Princess Peach, I think, too. Yep. Yeah. Super Smash Brothers for Wii U, Duck Hunt Dog or Bust? That's another game that really got remade with DLC, though. Yeah. yeah. They, they spent the hell of it. Oh, they got that game going for more than a year just with the triple the triple concept. They put out a Still a few amiibo that did not come out for Super Smash Bros. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder why. Get, get stoked for Super Smash Bros. Deluxe coming later this <laughs> year. <laughs> Yep, and then Captain Toad Treasure Tracker. Excellent game. Yeah. Are there people who really love Captain Toad Treasure Tracker? Because I love you. <laughs> Treasure Tracker is the best part of 3D World. And, and the weird thing with, with Treasure Tracker, not only is it, is it a really good game, but it also sold really well as far as Wii U games go. Like, Nintendo would drop these games in December, like after you think the holiday shopping season's over, and it would go on to sell like half a million copies. 40 bucks came with like 90 levels. And then and uh, a Toad Amiibo. A Toad Amiibo, ultimately, and then also had a buttload of content with it. And who can forget Sonic Boom Rise of Lyric? The, uh, the best game of 2014. <laughs> the classic. 2015, The Great Squid Kid Wars. <laughs> On January 29th, Wii Games come to the Wii U eShop. On March 17th, which is Neil's birthday, I think. No, no, the day after. The day I after. I woke up on my birthday and was just like, they're making mobile games? What? <laughs> the NX uh, was first announced alongside the DNA partnership, which is the reason why Nintendo's putting out mobile games now. 
In April, you have the Nintendo DS and 64 games added to Virtual Console. The DS has a lot of great hidden gems I recommend people go into if, uh, if, if you never played. Stuff like Shadow Dragon is on there. Some other really good stuff. Yeah, Shadow Dragon and uh, Mario Kart DS, which is pretty good even in single player with the mission mode. Uh, and Kirby Mass Attack, very underrated. It's not a play because it came out in 2011. Candace is on there too, that's also excellent. Yeah. In June, the basic set was discontinued in Japan on June 16th. Now, this is not me being a Nintendo hater, but by most fair estimations, the E3 2015 digital event was, was a rather poor showing, and let me tell you why. It was the one with Animal Crossing Amiibo <laughs> Festival. Oh, yeah. It was the one with Mario Tennis Ultra Smash. Yeah. It was the one where they showed Star Fox Zero way too much. A good game, but they gave it way too much time relative to, I would say, how the game ended up being. But they but also they, had they knew. Super Mario Maker, man. That game's magic. The game that did not show extremely well until 20... Oh, wait, no. It was the last yeah, year I was thinking about. Yeah, but yeah, was, Super Mario Maker. That, which we're that talking about was recently. dominantly Star Fox and Mario Maker. And, and Mario Maker... I'm, I'm not going to hear any of this pop and cock. Mario Maker's a gem. On August uh, 11th, TV was discontinued in North America. Believe it or not, TV is still going on in Japan now, wow. which is very surprising to me. Can we like get on that and just see what they're talking about? <laughs> see what episodes of Modern Family they're watching. <laughs> try to, try to live, be like, like, live that life. Like, oh, I've been using TV for the past four years. Like. <laughs> and on uh, December 11th, Devil's Third fails to get canceled. <laughs> That was the greatest Nintendo press, download press release I ever saw. It was the one from the week Devil's Third came out when they stuck it in the also releasing section. A honest to God retail game also released it. Now, originally, I was just going to let this hang and then not point anything out. This is not a picture I made, but this is one of my favorite pictures related to the Wii U. It's the cover of Devil's Third with a Metacritic score reflected in his sunglasses. <laughs> It's a 43 if you can't see. That, also, Devil's Third is responsible for why I lost half of my hair that year. <laughs> because if you ever heard the term super embargo, those are not fun to deal with. Yeah. Global shipments, uh, 12.60 million. Spoiler alert, it, I don't even think it was 1 million more by the end of 2016. It, it one th good thing that did happen is that Nindies became a big push for Nintendo this year, which is why I think Nintendo is one of the consoles with the best indie support out of any of the yeah. three platforms, which I think is a really great thing. Best version of Axiom Verge. Yeah. And Axiom Verge, that's a good one. Yeah. Notable games. Splatoon is my favorite Wii U game. Spl Splatoon is the best Wii U game, if, if I may be so bold. It's like, it's like a lot of these people are like, I don't know how I feel about that, but you might be right. Uh, Super Mario Maker came out on the 11th of September, as Nintendo likes to carefully word in their press releases. Never forget. Uh, on, <laughs> on October 11th, Fatal Frame, Made in the Blackwater. I would call the most forgettable Wii U game that released, not because it's a poor game or anything, just because I think of all the games that came out on Wii U, 
It's the one that the least people noticed that actually came out in North America. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was, it was a digital-only game in North America, which didn't help its cause at all, because people, like, I, there was a point where I think we were talking about, like, Game of the Year stuff for 2015, someone brought that game up, I'm like, oh, that didn't come out. Huh. And it did. <laughs> Yoshi's Woolly World came out on October 16th. It's a good game, yeah. The true successor to Yoshi's Island. Look at this holiday release schedule. <laughs> you, you've, got, you've got a diamond and something that sold like crack in between a sea of utter tripe. <laughs> Animal Crossing Amiibo Festival and Mario Tennis Ultra Smash really trying to get in that pre-Black Friday week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> trying to trick all surely, the grandmas. Surely everybody across the world will buy all of these Animal Crossing Amiibo that you now buy for about three dollars on Amazon. I've never owned a copy of Animal Crossing Amiibo Festival, but I own many Animal Crossing Amiibo. Uh, Alex, I'll get you one. It's fifteen bucks Canadian on Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing: as cheap as the Animal Crossing Amiibo are, it has some of the best build quality out of any Amiibo. Like if you remember the early Super Smash Bros. Amiibo, where it had little Mac and like its eyes were like one eye, and then like the paint was like off balance, and it looked like each person individually painted to put in a bad way. <laughs> the uh, the Animal Crossing ones look really really nice. And I, I don't know why we listed Double Surge on there when we already had a run at it when we had Fast Racing Zeno about the third. Devil's Third is an extremely important game to the life of the Wii U. Okay, we, I'm just going to say this for the record. We get, this is a PG panel, so we get one F-bomb. Fuck Devil's Third. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well Devil's Third was important because, do you guys remember at E3 everyone was like, No, how dare Devil's Third get cancelled? Nintendo of America better bring out Devil's Third. And then Devil's Third comes out and then everyone's like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't ask for this. <laughs> sorry, Reggie. And it is also the Nintendo game that has the shortest online service ever in North America, just over a year. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's even counting the Pokemon games that lost their online because games finally kept off. Right. Mario Party 10 came out, which is one of the most unfortunate. Wii U games because it was it was one of the ones I was looking forward to because it felt like they were figuring a lot of stuff out with nine and then they just completely crapped the bed. It's like nine is the good end and ten is the really really bad end <laughs> of the Mario Party series. It's it's an unfortunate game. Xenoblade Chronicles X came out on December December fourth. A huge open world and. I would say the open world is one of the more impressive open worlds I've seen. It makes me very happy that Monolith actually ended up helping uh, Nintendo on the Breath of the Wild's open world, which we're gonna get, we'll get to that soon, but I'm very excited about Breath of the Wild's open world. That brings us into 2016, which I can only call Death Knell. <laughs> I mean, like, there, there just wasn't, there wasn't much at all. Wait until you see the release schedule. It's even worse than you remember. <laughs> well, it's weird because it had a better first half of the year. Like, as, as far as, like, Wii U, Wii U terms, it had a pretty solid first half of the year, and you found out why, because they just didn't bother releasing anything in the second half of the year. Right, well, I guess we'll get to that part now and then go back. We had Zelda Twilight Princess HD and Pokken <laughs> Tournament coming out within two weeks of each other. Then we had Star Fox Zero, a bit of a drought, but nothing new. Then on uh, June 24th, you have a very confident Nintendo putting out two Nintendo games on the same day. Four-month gap for Paper Mario. 
five or six month gap for Breath of the Wild. Yeah, they, they had no retail, they had one retail release between June 24th and March. Right. Oh, let me see that. And then we have the weird Nintendo E3 from last year where Breath of the Wild got delayed to 2017 and made cross-generational with the NX. Zelda Wii U was the only playable game despite the fact that that was... It, it was a whole weird thing because the, the NX had already been announced but the NX was not playable and everyone was playing the Wii U version of Breath it's, of the Wild. It's weird to think that they're like, all right, this is, this is coming to the next console, now play it on the old one. <laughs> yeah. On October 20th, the NX was formally revealed as the Nintendo Switch, which was, I would call, one of the most hype videos that the Nintendo's put video. out in a very long time. There's a quote from Reggie that I remember, and I'm paraphrasing because I don't actually have it down here, but... Neil, we were disagreeing a little bit on whether the Switch was like a realization of the Wii U or not. But Reggie fils made the point, I think, earlier this year, late last year, he was like, listen, the, the Switch would not have happened without the Wii U. Yeah. The Wii U led to the Switch. And granted, they are very different platforms with very different personalities, but you can see the DNA of the Wii U that went into the Switch ultimately. The way the controller looks, the way the games feel, the, the off-TV play finally realized uh, completely with the Nintendo Switch. Yeah, I feel like the Switch is what the Wii U, they wanted the Wii U to be, but they yeah. couldn't yet. I don't even know if it was that as much. I mean, it's what they wanted the Wii U to be when it catastrophically failed <laughs> when it first came out. Um, and, it's, and it's also with a lot of that, like... It is. It is true that if, if the Wii U didn't bomb, we're not. We don't have the Switch that we do. If if the Wii U was a success, we're probably. It's probably like the Wii X or so. I don't know. Right. Something like that. Like they would have kept up that brand. The Wii NX. Yeah, the Wii NX. <laughs> um, what's what comes after W? Oh, X NX. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to ask you how many people brought your Switches to PAX East because that would be a very irresponsible question to ask. <laughs> but how many people? bought a Nintendo Switch. <laughs> Fastest selling Nintendo console ever at launch, which doesn't necessarily mean a lot, but it's a very exciting thing. Oh, I almost want to ask how many people brought their Switches today, but I won't. I almost won't. How many people brought their Switches today? I got <laughs> Proud Switch owners in the audience, thank oh, you. We're all going to play 1-2 Switch right after this, right? <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll, uh, what, uh, Count the balls, and we'll milk the cows, and, uh, <laughs> and play wizard. I think there are children in the audience, Neil. <laughs> the answer is two, by the way. <laughs> Global shipments as of December 31st, 2016, which are the most recent numbers we have, that's 13.56 million, which took the Wii U, what, four and a half years to get there? And we don't even know how many Wii U's are still out there. I'm guessing they actually probably sold through most of them because you can't really easily find a Wii U in a store anywhere. I work, I work retail. We, I sold the last one in October. We never got any more. Really? Yeah. Wow. Because I think, I think the rumor was that I think like November was when people just stopped getting new shipments yeah. of Wii U. I think the only ones you can buy at this point are the $200 you heard about Nintendo Webcast. Yep. Zelda Twilight Princess HD, Pokémon Tournament, Star Fox Zero, a better game than people gave it credit for, though a flawed game, I, I would argue. 
No multiplayer. Oh, there's, there's no multiplayer. That's a bummer. Mario and Sonic at the Rio 2016 Olympic Games. We have, and notice I didn't put Mario and Sonic in the previous ones, but I needed to put it in here because otherwise it would be half a PowerPoint slide. <laughs> and then Tokyo Mirage Sessions, hashtag Fire Emblem. Shot up here. Which I would call maybe the best Wii U game that came out in 2016. I mean, fair. what out of the six? <laughs> <laughs> that, that is the most Top five. Ever, and I love it. Uh, 2017. It's done. <laughs> it's over. The show's over, folks. Not yet. <laughs> well, ours isn't yet. We still have 10 more minutes. We, yeah, we're, we still got some time. On January 31st, Wii U finally ends global production. And on March 3rd, Nintendo Switch releases worldwide alongside Nintendo's final Wii U retail game. The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. <laughs> Look at how beautiful that is. How do you get the feeling I'm the only person in this room who has yet to actually play Breath of the Wild? <laughs> who, who has Breath of the Wild on Wii U? <laughs> I see everybody else on so laggy. So laggy? Really? But I would call that that is the perfect visual representation, I think, of how good that game is. I, it's a real good game. Real good game. I'm, I'm slightly distracted. It's, it's a very good video game. The open world, I would call, like, the best open world I've played in a video game. And, like, I play a lot of open world games. Grand Theft Auto 4 and 5, some of my favorite video games. Breath of the Wild is the most beautifully crafted open world I think I, I've experienced. It just fills you with wonder. Thoroughly natural. <laughs> <laughs> Funky Barn had the best me verse. Three. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely uh, the best. That brings us to death. <laughs> <laughs> and it comes full circle. Launch game is the perfect representation <laughs> of the death of the Wii U. Why was the Wii U a commercial failure, you may ask? I feel it can be pushed into, into three things. We talked about messaging. The mes a lot of people thought it was a controller for the Wii, and I'm sure most of the people in this room who are really into their Wii U and into Nintendo know at least one person who thought it was a controller for the Wii. Probably more than one. Multiple, Multiple people. Uh, how will you remember the Wii U is, is, is another I'll, question. I'll, I'll give you the main reason, I think, why the Wii U ended up failing. Nintendo around that time where they're like, we don't know how to do HD. 
Um, and, and that's why everything got delayed because HD games are hard and everybody figured that out in like 2005, 2006 when 360 and PS3 came out and were HD systems. But Nintendo never had to learn that until the Wii U and they, they found out it was hard. Because you can look at Nintendo Land, for example, like we probably would have gotten a game like say A Link Between Worlds probably like a year earlier or six months earlier or something like that. But if you look at the people who like were the core team on Link Between Worlds, they all had to help out with that Zelda game on Nintendo Land because there was such a crunch to finish the system. They had to pull other people from other teams to help finish games for the Wii U launch. I like those 3DS games that were rushed into production, like, I mean, yeah, yeah, retro, uh, maybe, maybe like Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze would have come out six months earlier because retro wouldn't have had to help with Mario Kart 7. But I think, I think a lot of that help for 3DS came from, uh, I guess, more, more smarter development resources than just fire everything, which is what they had to do on Wii U. Yeah. Two other things I just want to point out very quick before we, uh, we, we move towards sunsetting this uh, panel. As, as for games, there are a lot of great games on the Wii U. I think the fact that you're here, I don't think there's many people in this room who came to this panel because they really hate the Wii U. <laughs> they, they just want to watch a panel out of well, hate. they had to pay the respects. Like, they probably were in the back and, like, you know, kind of grimaced a little bit when we started talking about it and then, then walked off. Maybe they're having a beer now. I don't know. Sure. But there are a lot of games that I don't think necessarily spoke to a wider consumer audience. Like, for, like... 3D World being a follow-up to 3D Land instead of a wholly original game like Galaxy, Mario Kart 8 being an HD version of Mario Kart 7, however good the, uh, the game ended up being. And then, for every Bayonetta 2, like we just got to admit, there's a Mario Tennis Ultra Smash, there's an Animal Crossing Amiibo Festival, there's a Devil's Third. For... The Wii U has some really amazing sequels and some unfortunately poor ones. I would also point out the, the lack of focus in the Wii U. Uh, there were a lot of people who were confused as to what the point was. Was it the off-TV play? Was it the fact that it was an HD? Was it this new controller which they were showing off? And it was not marketed at all. Have any of you seen a TV ad or a print ad for a Wii U? Well, they stopped after a while because we expected. <laughs> I just never saw it. I mean, that, that's what, like, I, they, I think they expected it to take off with word of mouth, maybe, which I think is kind of working with the Switch, honestly. Right. I think word yeah. of mouth with the Switch, I think, you know, the people in here who brought their switches to PAX East, you break that out here, there's probably going to be people that are being like, what's that? And then they'll, yeah. they'll be more interested in it, even if they haven't been hit by marketing yet. With the Wii U, that never really happened. How cool do you feel, like the people who brought Breath of the Wild and want to switch with you, seeing these people line up for two hours in order to play Switch games? <laughs> and then you're like, I got the party right here. <laughs> Next year, my friend, next year. Uh, very quickly, how will you remember the Wii U? I'm going to say me versus Mario Maker and Splatoon. That, that, that's, that's how I remember the Wii U. I, I think Mario Maker and Splatoon are probably the two, the, 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 the platonic ideals of the Wii U are Mario Maker and Splatoon. Um, and, I mean, I'll, I'll, remember, I'll remember the kind of the, the, bitter, the bitter taste that the Wii U left because I was really excited for it to come out. Like, I'm one of the few people that sincerely adore Nintendo Land, and I think that the launch lineup wasn't that bad. It's just that they didn't have anything for a while. But I'll, I'll remember the, the missed potential of the Wii U. And yeah. That's what dominated it. I'll always have Smash. Yeah. It's a good Smash. I, I'll remember the, the really good ones. I think that's good as a lot Goodbye, Wii U. 
that's our panel. Thank you so much for staying. You've been a wonderful audience. Give it up for yourself. Donald, Zach, and Neil Ronahan. Give it up for the Wii U. We sold out its funeral. And uh, NintendoWorldReport.com. We have a Patreon. Patreon.com slash NWR. Nintendo World Report TV on YouTube. You can follow us on Twitter. At Calafia. At Donald Mick. At ZMiller1902. At Enron10. Nintendo News Report on iTunes. And let me just close us off with one final, final, final thing. This is the song from Titanic that they played as the ship was going down. <laughs> Thank you guys, you've been wonderful. Thank you.